You're about to listen to youth produce content from Listen Up Youth Radio. Listen Up is a Twin City social enterprise working at the intersection of youth employment, leadership, and media production. You're listening to Youth Soup, the podcast that adds some youth to your soup. That was so good. Yay. Good job. Hey, everybody. I'm Kay from Listen Up Youth Radio, and you're listening to Youth Soup. Here's two questions I'd like for you to think about during this podcast. How do you think the LGBTQIA community has differed with acknowledgement? And how do you think queer oppression and social stigma differs from now compared to the Stonewall Riot era? If you're curious, I'll be answering these questions today with my friend Sandy. Hello, Sandy. Could you introduce yourself and tell us just who you are? Um, my name is Sandy, as you already know, obviously. Um, I live in Minnesota now for the second time, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Well, that is very interesting to think about. Can you elaborate on what you mean by the second time? Um, I've moved around a lot uh, since I was young. I've lived in four states and one other country briefly. I actually had to move between countries in the middle of a pandemic, of the pandemic, you know, that one. And so then I moved from the country of Jordan back to the U.S. And, you know, so that was interesting. Yeah, that does sound very interesting. Okay, I want to know a bit more about you because um, you you are a a part of the queer community, is that correct? Uh, Yes. Would you mind telling us your identity? Um, I'm Aeroace and trying to figure out my gender because... That's just its own thing. Yeah, gender is very confusing, I will admit that. But that's a story for another time. Yeah. So, tell me, when did you discover you were a part of the queer community? Um, I was, like, just talking with my mom in the car, and I'm like, I don't think I'm interested in marrying people, and I didn't realize there was, like, a word for that. And so she introduced me to the term asexual, and from there I figured out the rest on my own from, like, Googling, because... You know, Google's a liable source. Totally. Hey guys, um, little note here. So from Sandy's experience, it seems like she does not want to be married. But um, regardless of whether you are queer or not, you also might not want to be married. And that is perfectly fine. But her experience also does not apply apply to all ace folks. So uh, ace folks, if you want to be married, that's also perfectly fine. Yeah. But... That is like that is very interesting. So was there just like a random point where you like figured that out or was it over time? I don't know. It was hard because I was homeschooled for a while, so I didn't really get to observe the interactions of my peers and so I didn't really understand romance. I also read a lot of fantasy and I focused on the magic part of that and so I don't know, it just never really came up in my thought process before then. Interesting. Okay. Um, so you, so you just came out to your mom like that, right? Yeah. I mean, I didn't even see it as coming out because we were just talking about like the random stuff that we talk about. Well, how did you feel when you came like out, like out, out to like, you know, other people or like the rest of your family? I mean, I always kind of just like, I think deep down, I kind of always knew I didn't really want to get married. Like all the, none of those feelings really felt natural to me. And so I just saw it as a part of who I was and didn't see it as coming out in the way I think a lot of other people see it, but I'm not really sure. 
I see. And like you, I think it was a brave thing for you to come out though, because like, even though it may not seem like it, like there, there is a lot of like, it could be dangerous for other people to do that. So like, even if it doesn't seem like it, I think that in your own way, you are brave to come out like as who you are. Yeah, I mean, you could look at it like that. I look at it as I was just, I don't know, existing. <laughs> I mean, we all exist, so probably. <laughs> I've like noticed you're like very like you, you throughout your life. You seemed very like casual with just what you want, like like what you were, like who you were. Um, I think that in certain ways that came from a place of not really caring how people perceived me because I moved around so much that I knew pretty soon I'd move again and I'd get to start again and so it wouldn't really matter as much how people saw me because I wouldn't be there for long and so I could just like move on and you know they wouldn't have time to really think badly of me and have that affect much of my life in general which I probably should have worked on, but I'll work on it now more. Well, I mean, I think it's like, it is a good thing to not care about others' opinions because if you do, it'll just end up like impacting you and it won't turn, it won't, it probably might not turn out as good as it should. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I care about what people think. I just don't let them know I care as much. So... You don't let people know that they get to you. And that is something that I admire. That, that is something that I admire about you. You know, I, I, in all honesty, I sort of envy that. Yeah. And I mean, part of it, I didn't even mean to do. Um, I am like autistic. So I think that's kind of changed the way I perceive certain things. And so part of it, I think was um, like masking and I was, I was, it was just another layer of masking. And so I didn't really quite realize what I was doing, but who knows? <laughs> um, so I'd say like, how are you like, are, how have you, how do you feel now that you're like actually open, like with who you are, like, like, com- like I, this is somewhat a way of rephrasing what I said previously, but also somewhat different. Like, how do you like feel or like express yourself now that you have been like full, like fully accepted your identity, or well, mostly accepted your identity? Yeah, I mean, it does make it easier because um, one thing that I often worried about with like going to school was like having to figure out relationships and now I don't really have to figure it out. I can just say I'm not interested. So that's easier. But it's also like hard because a lot of movies and shows geared towards teens are centered around romance, um, which makes them less interesting to me because though I can watch that stuff sometimes and it's fine, I do like having stuff that isn't centered around romance because... You know, I like seeing people like me in media. I think that's how most of us feel like. Oh, yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like if we see like someone that's like us, they're like, we're like, oh, my God, hey, we can relate. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, 
So on the topic that you are a member of the queer community, have you like openly experienced or witnessed homophobia? I haven't personally experienced it towards myself. Then again, I might have and just not have been as aware of it. Um, uh, yeah, it's also hard because like most of that would come from my uh, extended family members, like my aunt and uncle mainly and we don't spend a lot of time around them and the other people who would be like that in my family all live in a different state so we just like we haven't been around them and i'm you know i don't usually just go around announcing it to everyone i meet and so it just hasn't really come up i don't know it's kind of hard because like when i was younger i was oblivious like, I, I was just one of those oblivious kids that didn't really know what was going on. Aren't most of us. Yeah. I mean, I was also reading a lot of fantasy, which didn't actually co directly correspond. It just, like, kept me distracted because I had a vivid imagination. So, the yeah, I, I wouldn't pay attention to people because, you know, who does that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, no judgment <laughs> if you pay attention to people. <laughs> no, none at all. Okay, so how do you think like the queer community has differed from now since the Stonewall Riot era? For anybody that does not know, the Stonewall Riots were a series of protests by members of the queer community in response to a police raid on June 28th, 1969 at Stonewall Inn in New York City. I think that they or that we changed a lot because um, we were able to like see people who are like us and know that we weren't alone, and that gave you get, that often gives people the courage to be themselves when they know they are not alone. And you know, I think it just kind of went from there. Um, yeah, but I'd say there's also like even though we are still hated on and oppressed, there's been significantly less oppression to happen in our community. Yeah. Yeah, stuff is less direct. Mm -hmm. It's more subtle now. Yeah. yeah. But like, it's honestly though, it's sort of gratifying to think how that long ago we were like we were we were being uh, we we were like being um, harmed left and right. We were like we just it wasn't really a good time for us. But now it's. It's amazing to see how far we've grown as a community together. Yeah. So how has others' acceptance of your identity made you feel as a person? I mean, it's obviously nice when people like accept you as a person and it has definitely validated my identity, especially considering with uh, Arrow-based people or people within that like spectrum, people will often say, oh, you just haven't right met the right person. And it's like really annoying, but having people who like value your identity and stuff is like really nice. And I think that's honestly though, like with most people in the community, that's how like, that we, how like some homophobics have responded. Like we, know who we like we may not know entirely who we are but we but we do know that like while we may not like just one gender or like we, we may not even love anyone romantically like we still feel some sort of love we feel we feel like familial love friend love it's just it's a whole lot of stuff going on there mm -hmm. yeah if you could tell your past self 
one piece of information about you now that you think is important, what would you say? I think I'd tell my younger self to, you know, just, you know, be more accepting of who I am and like also not get too fixed on like certain points that people say have to come in life, so. And if there was anything you could have done differently during your identity of discovering who you are, what would you have done anything? I don't think so. No. I mean, like, I'm pretty happy with how everything turned out. You know, I can still annoy my unaccepting relatives because for some reason I take pleasure in it. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't enjoy annoying the homophobes? I mean... It's, it's just so nice and yeah. refreshing. Yeah. I mean, we're not, no, no, no hate against straight people, though. It's just, oh, yeah, no. Straight just, people can be okay. Yeah. Straight people, like, not all straight people are homophobic, but just, like, the homophobic people. Yeah, the homophobic people, you know. Yeah, they, we, need, we might need to talk to them. Um, but, like, no, because no matter what your gender identity is or what your sexuality is, you are always welcome. And you, no matter, like how it may seem, you will always be welcomed and you will always be loved no matter who it is that loves you. You, There will be someone that cares for you and there will be someone that you can find a refuge with. Because like as, as, as members of the LGBTQ community, there is something, there is just something about finding your people, you know, finding who actually like you can who, who you can trust and like who you can be yourself with it's it, it's just there's a gratifying feeling to it is there anything else you'd like to add i mean i can't really think of anything because you know it's summer mm -hmm. my brain's just like shut off basically yeah thank you for coming thank you for coming today and thank you for taking the time to talk with me and be open about who you are i really appreciate that yeah, it was a pleasure to come here today. I was, it was this was really enjoyable. Yeah, that's that's good to hear. Thank you. One last question for you guys before we go: How did this podcast episode make you feel, and how do you think you can relate to it? But yeah, that's that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Youth Soup. We hope that we've added some more youth to your soup today. <laughs> <laughs> COVID-19 affected us all in both positive and negative ways, but students had to go through a time that some haven't and won't experience. So today I'll be interviewing students about their experiences during the pandemic and post-pandemic. Hey, my name is Donna from Listen Up Youth Radio and you're listening to Youth Soup. And I'm going into high school this year at Highland Park in St. Paul, Minnesota. I'm here with Abby and she and I have been going to Capitol Hill for eight years. The pandemic hit us when we were in fifth grade, so we weren't able to start middle school like most people did. It was a whole new experience for us. I have a question for you. Do you remember March 15th, 2020? I don't remember the exact day, but I do remember the week leading up to it. But let's hear it from Abby first. It was hard because you know, everything was changing. I think for me, I was happy that we, you know, school was gonna be over. Mm -hmm. 
but at the same time, like, I remember my parents talking about the strike that day, mm -hmm. and I remember them being like, I don't know why they're doing this, because, you know, what they're going on strike for, they're most likely not gonna do once they get their higher pay. But yeah, I just remember that day being like kind of crazy because everyone was like, oh my God, like they're going on strike, like surprised. And then the other emotion was like, oh my God, yes, we're out of school. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Describe basically how like you felt when you realized you weren't like able to go back to school for like a while or maybe even forever. When I found out that we weren't gonna like go to school for like a while, I at first was like, oh, okay. Distance learning might be better than, you know, going to school because I didn't really like my teacher because mm -hmm. my teacher kind of made that year hard for me. And so I was happy that I could get like a break from her. But <laughs> I just thought that it was just gonna be like maybe like a week, month, or mm -hmm. like just like, just until the end of the school year. But then once I found out that it could be forever, and I realized I didn't really like trying to like do it when I was out of school. And I like, I just, I wasn't one of those kids that was like, yes, virtual learning. I was kind of, I, I want to go back to school, but I don't actually want to go to school. <laughs> so learning that it was like forever, I was kind of like upset. I didn't want it to be forever, so. It was a lot of mixed emotions. Was there a moment where you really wanted to like go back to school? I think that was when it was middle of sixth grade and I decided like end of 2020, beginning of 2021, when I realized what I was doing when I started band, what I was doing, I was not productive when I was at home. I needed to be in an environment where I could work at a place and I, I think that was the time where I was like you know it's not it's harder to learn when I was at home so that was when I really was like oh yeah like I want to go back I want to see my friends I want to be able to like experience middle school mm -hmm. I don't want to experience virtual middle school because yeah. that just I don't that was not fun uh, I honestly agree with you because like I vaguely like remember doing middle school online and I honestly hated it because I felt like I wasn't doing anything. I was just like minding my own business, doing absolutely no work. And the times that I did, I felt like I couldn't concentrate as well because I would like get distracted pretty easily. So at some point I was like, I don't want to like stay here forever, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that was me too. Mm -hmm. It was not productive. And then my teachers would, you know, like she's missing all of this. She's not showing up. And so I knew this wasn't gonna work for me, no matter like if I actually was like trying to try mm -hmm. because I'm just not one of those kids. And I just, I can't learn when I like I'm home. I need to like do it like it. Mm -hmm. Were there any positives about learning during like distance learning? Positives? I think 
Yeah, there were probably a few. I mean, you could do the work when you wanted to in that day. So if I woke up late, I could do it later. And if I had stuff going on earlier, like later in the day, I could do it earlier. So that was a plus. And then I could call my friends often and I would have time to do like other activities and things so I could focus on more than just school. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know, it taught me life lessons to prepare me for the future. So mm -hmm. those, those are positives. Uh, what were those like life lessons that you were talking about? Um, to do the work right away. Don't wait, don't procrastinate because that work will pile on and then you'll really not want to do it. And yeah, I think that's like the biggest one. Okay, what about the negatives? Negatives were, it was hard to focus on the meets because you have all these other distractions around you in a room and harder to learn. Sometimes my Wi-Fi wouldn't work because at the time we didn't have um, Wi-Fi. So it would be a hotspot for my phone. When that would run out, it was, I would have to go to my mom's phone. And if that didn't work, I had no Wi-Fi and I'd have to go somewhere else. So that was very hard to like do because you have to keep it up and yeah, I mean, I couldn't see my friends. I miss them a lot because it's not like summertime. Honestly, I really wanted to like go out. I used to like not like going outside because I felt like there was nothing to do. But like during the pandemic, I felt like I really needed to go outside, even if it was just like for a second to like, you know, breathe in and like take it all in, you know? Yeah. I feel that too, with someone that plays an outdoor sport, it's hard to, you know, the pandemic where everything shut down. So my summer season that year was canceled and I was lucky enough to play fall ball, but it, it affected my softball. And so I'm happy I didn't take that full year off but just to know that I missed that summer ball season it just it affects you uh-huh um during fifth grade um I was in this like futsal team it was during March so like we were like practicing as usual and then we finally were able to like participate in like a game and then after that game we had like no more like practices or any other games because they were canceled due to covid it can be pretty devastating once you realize you can't go out and like be active as much when you're in lockdown yeah and not just that you can't like once the pandemic happens parents get stricter you can't like i couldn't really like go to my friends houses for like a few months we would order groceries online we didn't go in stores. And so just to like know, like the social interaction part that kids thrive on, it got cut. And so I think it just was hard in that way. How has the experience of 
affected you in positive and negative ways, like during COVID? Um, it affected me in positive ways because I knew things about myself that I didn't know. Like I knew that sometimes when I came to school, it was procrastination. So it made me work on it. <laughs> and it made me realize I'm a social person. And so doing everything, I wanted to just go back out of the, into the world and just go and find people to socialize with instead of oh, hey, what's up, on the phone, because mm -hmm. that isn't the same as being in person. Negatively, because I was home so often, and sometimes home doesn't always affect you as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that set me back for my next year. Transcript for sixth grade was really bad for when the pandemic started. So just negatively, it just took like a tank on some of my like routine things mm -hmm. yeah for my transcript sick for sixth grade it was like absolutely like bad because like i pretty sure like half of the quarters like i thought there were just like some like random things i wasn't like oh i should check on that or like do anything like that so that really like tanked my grade yeah like most of, like when you're on virtual learning it's easy to say oh i don't like this teacher i don't really like what she's teaching me i'm just gonna not go and so that's how i feel what happened with me other times i think i got really lazy and i just or i like if you had to show your camera i didn't want people to see where i was yeah. just because that's like the place you call home so having people see where you were and like most of the time i was in a very empty room at my mom's hotel and for gym you would have to like do activities and when i found out that was what's gonna happen i didn't i did not want to do it so virtual learning i just it's hard for some people and then it's better for other people but I think most would prefer, you know, going to school over being on virtual learning. They just wouldn't want to actually go at all. How was it like during middle school afterwards? I think it affected like my experience in ways that, you know, you're. Con I was confused a lot. So it was, what's this gonna look like? So for myself, it was confusing. And then the experience of it all just, it, take, it took a toll on me to figure things out. How, how about like the transitioning part, like transitioning into middle school? Transitioning into middle school during virtual or after? Uh, both basically, yeah. Um, during transitioning into middle school, it was like we had to, I had to get my stuff and then figure out what my block schedule was gonna be. So trying to learn a block schedule instead of having one teacher, one class all day, it was harder because it was, what time is this meet at? 
what time are these hours at? Like, what is going on? And then transitioning from virtual to regular, it was, what do I expect? Am I going from four um, classes a day to seven? Am I, like, what's my lunch period gonna be like? Where am I gonna go? Where are these classrooms? And so I had a lot of questions when I was transitioning back just because I didn't know where everything was because we came back for like a month in at the end of sixth grade. And so I got to experience what was on that part of the school. But when it came to the seventh and eighth grade part, it was like, where are these classes at? All I have is numbers. What do the teachers look like? So where am I gonna go? For me, transitioning from fifth grade to like sixth grade um, during distance learning was honestly like really weird because like nobody really expects like a pandemic to happen while and, like you're trying to like go into like middle school, high school or you know. Yeah. So it was like really weird and it felt like kind of not like great. Because I was like, I well, I kind of wanted, I prefer to like be at school to like know how it like works, you know? Yeah. Like you said, we only had like, we were able to go back in person for like a month in sixth grade. That, I felt like that was really awkward as well. Only because I actually get to see people from like, that's not like my family in person, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. It's same issue with like, where where am I gonna go? Where are my classes? So that I was like, really confused. I did not know where to go, like, what to do, like, what time specifically. Like how you said earlier, was it gonna be like four classes a day or like all classes of yeah. the day? And that was like really weird. But during seventh and eighth grade. Um, for seventh, I started getting like more comfortable and like asking like a bit more like, oh yeah, where should I go for this class? And like, basically, the first two months, I started getting like really comfortable throughout the rest of seventh grade and eighth grade. When other students and I were transitioning into middle school during the pandemic, it was something that our generation had to go through. We weren't able to see each other while transitioning into middle school, but it wasn't just us who struggled in school while transitioning as well. It was also those who were going into high school and beyond high school. But now we're all here to support each other through tough times. Learn more about Listen Up Youth Radio, including our peer-to-peer -peer educational workshops in media production and social media marketing services at www.listenupyouth.org. Check out past broadcasts of YouthSoup on a live podcast app now available on iOS and coming soon to Android. This activity was made possible by the voters of Minnesota through a grant from the Metropolitan Regional Arts Council thanks to a legislative appropriation from the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.